Alright guys, and welcome to this special episode of Lifting the Lid. In this episode, expect to find out how to navigate a relationship in the core, why being single might make training easier, and what F1 can do to make it less mind-numbingly shit. Let's get into it. Right, and welcome back to a special edition of Lifting the Lid. Yes, so for you OGs out there who listen to the podcast from the beginning of time, uh, we had a six-part series at the start, didn't we, for... Lifting the lib where Eddie would interview me about my military service, bringing it back yeah. for a one-time only special. Yeah, basically we covered six six different topics. We thought we gobbed off enough about the core. Mm. Turns out we hadn't. We'd uh, we've discovered something that we didn't gob off about. Yeah, there was a stone left unturned. Yeah, and we don't which, like that. Which so. ironically we have talked about like off air loads. Yeah, but then never actually thought to talk about it on air. Yeah, exactly. So we're <laughs> bringing it to you now. So. Uh, strapping what's the topic it is kind of family and relationships and how you navigate that while you're in the marines effectively yeah so again as lifting the lid went it's going to be kind of interview style so Eddie's going to come with the questions on answer then we're going to discuss um, the topic what we didn't have for lifting the lid there was segments yes. we have segments now so we're going to delve into them first so we go through uh, helmet of the week first yeah so, very on brand for us, right? It's a, similar to last week with the Zone 4 coach, right? It's another kind of online... Oh, oh, oh before you launch into it, we, right. need, we need to establish some admin. Okay. We, we now that. have jingles. Oh, yeah, we do have Yeah, it's yeah, exciting. Do, yeah. Right, so, like any self-respecting podcast, I've created jingles for each segment to add to the... Uh, add to the viewing pleasure. Yeah, add, add to your viewing pleasure. So, we'll insert that now. Yeah. Helmet of the week. Yeah. All right, and, and let us know what you think. <laughs> I, I'm a creative genius. <laughs> yeah, he charges eighty pound an hour. Yeah, um, eighty pound a jingle. Yeah, so helmet of the week this week. Go on, you can introduce. Yeah, so helmet of the week, as the jingle stated, uh, is fake natty gym influencers. Yes. So the fitness industry now is inundated with these hats. Yeah. who are clearly, well, from my perception, clearly not natural, as in they're using performance enhancing drugs, but don't either, either claim not to be or just don't address it and leave it as this like wishy-washy, yeah. unanswered question. And that in of itself is a bit muggy because you're still leading people on, but if you're leading people on for financial gain, that's even worse, and that's well, what a lot of these it. people are doing. This is what we lead into. So originally, if you're just posting content and maybe you're getting brands to sponsor you or whatever, that, that's that's not too much of an issue because, yes, you're getting money off it, but you're not really extorting, extorting anyone for for their money. Whereas if you are, if you're like a, a fitness influencer for like a bodybuilding-centric audience, right, you're the product, you're, you're, you're like the the ambassador for your brand, aren't you? Your, yeah. bo- your body is almost like your shop window, isn't it? Yeah. And so if you've attained that through steroids rather than the programming that you sell then that's 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 disingenuous yeah it's complete false advertising is it yeah well this happens it happens and it's just ten a penny all right we're pretty good at spotting people that aren't natural Mm. but if you're you know a bit younger naive you see these people look hoofing right and then you think i want to look like that i'll buy their program yeah but they don't realize it's actually 
the copious amounts of performance enhancing drugs that they put into And this has happened for, for years and years and years, but the problem is now everyone has everyone can have a platform and so it's incentivized more and more. Yeah. Because you can make loads of money on TikTok, you know, posting videos of your workouts. That money is amplified massively if you take steroids and, and your initial clip, your like cut your cutting clip can be you looking saucy as fuck. Yeah. And then you get loads of engagement, and then you get loads of click-throughs to your link, and then you get loads of sales. It's yeah. just it is marketing one hundred and one, and it would make loads and loads of sense for for like for example, that's how I make money, right? So for me to jump on the gear, and then my you know first five seconds of my clips are me flexing in the mirror, looking hoofing. Yeah, your sales will probably skyrocket. Sales will skyrocket, yeah. But it's obviously not the way you want to do things because it's it's a short game, first of all, because you get found out eventually, yeah. and you kind of. You were just misleading people. Yeah. So our, our friend HST Kitoki is effectively guilty of this, isn't he? Mm. Even though he he's still closet closet uh, fake natty, isn't he? Well, yeah, but he also, he's not actually he also come shifted out. out of the the fitness industry. Yeah, but that's really. initially how he made a lot of money. Yeah, well, it's how he got his notoriety first. Of all, yeah. And Dave, Dave Trains recently did this as well. So yeah. this is what brought it to our attention. Yeah. This is this is where this was the the sort of straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. As it were. So Dave we, Trains, if you're not aware of who he is. He's like coming up at the moment. It was like a Jim Jim Shark um, ambassador. Affiliated ambassador. Yeah, he's yeah. affiliated with Jim Shark. He, he sells like you know standard push pull legs programs, load of shit. Right? Yeah, it's like bro split programs, really, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. And he's been doing that for probably about eighteen months. The last twelve months of which he's been on juice. Yeah, and and that's probably where he's made the most money because obviously he's you know as his following grows and stuff, his sales naturally grow with that yeah so like he's made god knows how much money in the past 12 months while he's kind of not addressed the fact that he's probably not natural anymore now he's obviously in a financial position where it doesn't matter yeah. he's you know out of the kind of his own heart to come out and told everyone he's on juice yeah and all the loyal fans you know all the, all the see yeah like, oh well done for being so, so so transparent, even though he's just extorted them yeah. for months. But we, we were saying this, right? So we did some digging, right? A, a year ago or whatever, before he got on juice, he was strong as fuck anyway. Yeah, strong. And he looked sound. And he looked class, sound. Like, yeah. So for that extra, you know, tiny amount percentage of whatever. sauciness that he's got out of it, I don't think it's worth it. No, it's, well, it's definitely not worth it. Because it's, fu- it's fucked his skin up as well, hasn't it? Because yeah. now he has a real issue with acne. Yeah, and he'll, he'll get loads of like long-term issues from this you know because you don't know how you're gonna react to these steroids you know someone like chris bumstead might react really really well to yeah. whatever he's on right which obviously does he looks hoofing but you aren't the same you haven't got the same genetics you haven't got the same circumstances so you're not going to react the same so you could just develop loads of breast tissue or you, you know you could just yeah. develop loads of acne or whatever so there's loads of side effects that people don't talk about it's um, just not worth the risk effectively is it's it, really? definitely not worth the risk and he Again, like he spends half his like probably one out of four posts is him flexing about how much money he's got now. Yeah, and I can't get on board with you know, that. Either. You've got that money by telling people, yeah, follow my program, you look like me. Whereas they they really need to get on loads of juice and follow your program. Yeah, you're kind of taking the piss a bit there, really, aren't you? Yeah, because he's like posing, he's like an Audi R8, like really. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I spend twenty pound on Nando's a day. It's like, oh, what's the message you're trying to convey there? Because you're not going to get a black card out of it. And you're only going to alienate your followers who of who you're financially dependent upon. Yeah, trust. Yeah. So again, you know, the 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 steroid ridden gymfluencer who's making money directly from Being his hat. following. 
um, buying programs. Again, if it's buying like if it's like an ambassador of a brand, I can sort of get on board with it more, but only if they're transparent about it again. Yeah. Because it's all about just being honest with your fucking following because that's essentially what, what they're not doing. Yeah, so there you go. There's your helmet of the week. We'll play the jingle again because it's sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll play, play it to come out and to cut in. Yeah. Love that. Okay, cool. Um, so do you want to go straight into the main meat of today's topic? Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about family and relationships in the core. Okay, let's go. So let's start from the off. I'm going to cast my mind back here. Yeah. What did your family make of it when you told them you were going to join? So originally, my mom thought it was a bit of a phase. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> she was a little bit sceptical. Because again, like, obviously, when, when I was 15, 14, it was when we were still in Afghanistan, quite heavily involved. So yeah, her initial is... thought of someone in the Marines was someone on the front line in Helmand Province. Never actually happened to me as it transpired, but she, she didn't know that. So she was kind of hopefully and wishfully thinking that it was a phase that I would grow out of. Because I had a lot of them, to be fair. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So I've known Chet now for... Well, over half of our existence. Yeah, yeah. Since we're about eleven well, or something. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, you are right. You did have a lot of phases, but this I've one, quite, st- this one stuck. I've quite an obsessive personality. Yeah, I think you it's do. fair to That's say. It, yeah. So you know, I was like hell bent on becoming a footballer, and then there was other stuff going on. Yeah. He I, wanted to join MI6 at one point. Yeah. That was a phase. Yeah, that was a phase. <laughs> so there's a lot of these phases. I would come to come home to my parents and say, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this. I want to be a CrossFit athlete at one point. You know, all this sort of shit." And so, so um. So it was part and parcel of basically your existence at that point, wasn't it? Like, oh, yeah. Harry's got another phase. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's going through another little bit, yeah. But then this one stuck for, stuck for a bit longer than, than most of the others. It was originally the military, and then it sort of honed in on the Marines after a bit, um, after I did a bit of research. But yeah, I mean, again, they just, they weren't massively keen on it, to be fair. My dad was more in my camp than my mom because I think he, mm. he still, he, I don't know, as, as, a, as a bloke, I think it's, more understandable the reasons why I would want to join, right? He's yeah. got the same kind of thought, hormonal thought build process, up, right? Yeah. So he's he's got the same. He probably went through the same when he was like sixteen to eighteen. Maybe he thought about it, so he can he can get on board with it a bit more. My mum's completely the opposite, right? And would never fucking yeah. hurt a fly, right? Yeah, she's, she's, a, she's a pacifist, isn't she? Absolutely. So there's absolutely no part of my mum's psyche that would understand why I would choose no. that career. Uh, and we didn't have any military in our family, like my brother, my dad, my granddad was national service, but after that left, you know, so there's not, not really anything anything concrete. Gra- grandparents mega happy with it and, and on board, because again, they lived through, through the war, so their their experience with our military is different. mega positive, yeah. because they, it set them up for life, really. Because It's a generational thing as well, isn't it? They, yeah. Elder generations tend to have a more positive outlook towards armed services for the reason like you said yeah because they grew up through the war so it's a bit further removed from they're further removed from what's happening now on you know Mm. for Afghanistan and stuff so yeah I think initially like a little bit of scepticism and and not not full support because they were thinking yeah he's going to grow out of this a little bit you know it's not going to take long yeah Um, because it was very on brand for me to do that but like you said it it sort of stuck for a bit longer and after they realised that they, they like anything, and you know my parents. They they mega supportive, regardless of what what it is, and whether they agree with it, or whether or not they don't. So like my family now, with my my two siblings now, as a three, we couldn't be doing more different things, right? Yeah. So if my parents had like some families do had a really narrow view of what success looked like for their kids, 
they'd be fuming because they've got one person off doing fucking sky, scuba diving in Mexico, one person online nomad, one person doing the conventional, more conventional route. So <clears throat> they, they are pretty supportive with, with whatever we do. So I think it, I'm lucky in that regard because a lot of people aren't aren't fortunate enough for that. You know? So have you got any anecdotal evidence of lads who you served with who had the opposite of that? They had like a very like military upbringing and they were like kind of not forced into it but like it was very much encouraged yeah like, <clears throat> loads of examples um of that in, in terms of both in training and, and in my units where lads were so i had a good mate and you met him you know sam who we met in yeah, yeah, yeah. he was an rsm's son right, so, right okay. if your dad's the rsm so it's like a right of passage yeah almost. you know it's gonna it, and especially if you're a little bit that way inclined you know you're in the marine cadets then you're in this and this and this and, and so you come in he's hearing about it when they come back but equally, that can be a an off-putting thing as well. You can see how much your dad's away, and actually think, "Fuck, fuck that!" I don't want to do that. Um, so it can put you off. But uh, for obviously everyone, everyone I met had gone down the other route, so it encouraged them. So yeah, he he was someone who was the RSM's the RSM's son. Um, I think there was there was a few where the brothers, all the brothers were in, so they would be trying to follow them following their footsteps almost yeah. and follow them to their units and stuff which is quite cool uh there's a lot of examples of that where it's, it, it runs in the family but yeah not for me i, I had um, had nothing that was that was going off to, as a kind of role model so i assume that the core understand that a lot of people like your mom might be a bit suspicious mm-hmm. to initially <laughs> towards their lad towards their, their kids joining up mm. what do they then do to try and put them at ease so like when you go to training yeah do they reach out to families yes so not in a direct sense, but they do have a family's day. So I think it's week. Let me get this right. Week five or week nine <laughs> could be either one of them. Anyway, well, it's, prob- changing, it's probably it now, changed now anyway. But it, it's a weekend anyway in training. It's a Friday, and you'll work up to it for that kind of week and the weeks before. And then the families will essentially will come. They get greeted. You know, like like we've been to Limston yeah. before. It's mega good in it when they put an event on. They're quite welcoming. It's good soft power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So they they greet you. Um, and the families are sat down in the drill shed, just like the pass out parade will be in however many months that their son passes out. Uh, so they'll see a little drill parade, and then so, so it's the first time you that they've seen their son until they were shipped since they were shipped off four or five weeks ago. So it's quite a cool thing, especially if like eighteen year old lads haven't been away from home before. It's the first time they then see their parents again, and so then they'll go into the gym and see what they're doing in the gym with like rope climbs and stuff, and they see their kid like. Coming, do some techie shit. Yeah, basically. like becoming a man almost. So it's that's a cool. good point actually, because a lot, I guess, a lot of lads do go away, kind of having been a bit kind of mollycoddled. Mm. So like for their parents to then come and see them actually fucking getting themselves squared away a bit. Yeah, striving and doing stuff that they're proud of, and it. And the other thing is, uh, you know, <laughs> they haven't seen them for for four or five weeks, but they haven't seen them in in uniform and. You know, then that you can yeah, greet yeah. your mom in, in your in your digs and stuff. It looks quite cool. Good charm, offensive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and while the lads are doing a lot off doing some other stuff, there the families are in with the training team and a bit of the hierarchy from Limston. And they're showing them around, like the, the, the guns they use and all this sort of stuff. Because a lot of it, right, a lot of the stuff from the mother's end or the family's end is a, the bit of the fear of the unknown. Like they don't really know. It's a bit of a shrouded world, isn't it? Yeah. But as we've talked about before. 
the military, you don't really know what goes on in training. You don't know how your son's going to be treated. You don't know how, what kind of thing your son's getting into. No. And well, so, I only now know so much about it through you. No. But exactly. initially, when you went off to training, I hadn't really got a fucking clue what you were doing. Day to day, no idea. No. So I think it's good that they bring the families in to give them a little bit of context as to what the, what the son's doing, what a day to day is like, what they've been actually trained to do for the last couple of, couple of months or whatever. And um, so it sort of dispels a little bit of that fear of the fear of the unknown. So that it's it's to put the families at ease, the families' day, because that four or five week period is actually when the the recruit can leave for the first time <clears throat> if they wish to. So when they can voluntary withdraw after four weeks. And so if you've got a mom, if if you're not happy in training, essentially, right, um, and your mom is encouraging you to leave. It's an extra, extra barrier, isn't it? You're gonna be like, yeah, okay, cool. It's not right, not the right thing for me. Whereas getting their family on board sometimes, if the family have been like, you know, swayed by that family's day and they think, oh, it's quite a good thing you're doing. Actually, you know, I'm gonna be proud of you when you get to the, the end or whatever. Then it allow it allows that support system to be a little bit better for the for the individual yeah. recruit, right? So the the fact that the families can be bought into the process a little bit early on is is a good thing. So they That's do good. do stuff. So and then for it. when is the next time that families are invited back down to Limpston? Is it pass out? Yeah. So that's quite a big chunk of time, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's why they get it in so early in training. Yeah, it's put the families day early. Put them at ease. Get it? Yeah. Get them at ease. They know what's going on. And again, they'll show the families this is what they're doing now. This is what they'll progress to do. So they've got kind of idea of what's going on. Yeah. Then they dangle the carrot. Yeah. It's like if you fucking leave them alone for the next few <laughs> yeah. months. You can come. You can, you can come back again, and they will look fucking bombers, mate. Yeah, yeah. They'll have a green lid on their head. Um, yeah, so that, they'll they'll come back and they'll um, they'll do that at pass out. And you've been to one of them, and, and we've done an episode about that. If you want to go and uh, go and listen to that, for anyone listening. Um, but yeah, so that's the next time you'll come to a parade, and it's kind of cool again because it would be a bit. It would dilute the message a little bit if you kept come if you know if you kept coming every yeah. five weeks. You'd be like, all right, I've seen him before. Fucking do this. Yeah, it would, it would lose some of the kind of the mystery, wouldn't it? I guess. Yeah. If you're there every other week, lot. Like, yeah, because I think it's like it's like if you've had a mate who's lost a fucking t- shit ton of weight. If you were to see him every four weeks, yeah, it wouldn't be as much of a thing, would That's it? it. Like, the longer yeah. you leave it, the if more you impressive. Leave it hundred pounds apart. You're like, fuck it now. You look hoofing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a bit like that. I think I don't know if it's intentional, but it's just how it works. Plus, if you were there every week, you'd probably see things that would kind of etuate this kind of uh, mystery in your mind. Exactly. Whereas so if I, you just turn up at Pass Out when everything's all polished and prim. Pass Out on Family's Day. It's a bit like when Ofsted comes to schools, yeah. isn't it? So you, you have that week when Ofsted comes to schools um, and the the teacher's like, right, you know when I say, when I, you know when I write the objective on the board, like I do every lesson, yeah? yeah. Right, okay, it's, cool. it's a performance, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. It's not it's actually a, how things operate it's day It's exactly day. the same um, with 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 that and, and the the rest of it like you say if they were to come every all the all the time every week they'd probably have to polish a bit too much and then the training process would be yeah. be worse so yeah there's, there's that get too. them on board early and then uh, and then fuck them off yeah. I like that I can get yeah. bored with that yeah right so moving on a bit from the kind of uh, the family aspect let's now talk more about relationships okay cool let's get, and, get into that yeah let's get it <laughs> <laughs> so Conveniently, for the sake of this podcast, yeah, your career in the core spanned you both being single 
and in a relationship. Yeah, so you can did give that it... on purpose as well. Just so <laughs> I could, you know, looking looking forward, I, I knew I'd have a podcast at this at this point, and you know, I knew I knew I'd need to say say about both. So I thought I kept myself free for for, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah and then intentionally. Yeah, yeah. So you can give it both barrels yeah, effectively. Exactly, exactly. So where do you want to start? It's chron- chronological. Yeah, so you were single when you went in, weren't yeah. you? Yeah, I think that helps as well. Through training. Is it better to be single through training, do you think? Because you can't... You, I guess you don't really have the time off to see your missus anyway, or partner I, or whatever. Yeah, I couldn't have imagined going through training with a partner or with a missus or whatever. Especially, you know, if they're... Yeah, I just don't know. Because you, you, regardless of how loose your partner is, like how... Not loose, but how like... <laughs> <laughs> wrong so she, she's getting bagged off while you're going through training. <laughs> You know that. Yeah. Um, Sign him off to your best mate for eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look after it. <laughs> Take good care. I'll be back in eight months. Um, no. So, regardless of how much your partner doesn't really mind you not speaking to her for periods of time, there's still going to be that, like, you know, they're still going to need a little bit of contact. Yeah. And you can never guarantee how much of that or how little of that you're going to get. So, you're basically bit... fucking off grid, aren't you, really? Initial, the, for the initial parts of training, anyway. Yeah. You, you know, you have maybe. 10 15 minutes at the end of the day, start of the day to give them a text, but it's fucking up. It's fuck all shit, that, isn't it? that shit. And you're not home at weekends, it's weeks and weeks at a time that you potentially be away for. And it does, it can work, don't get me wrong, but I. Like, I even the most like non committal partners I mean, yeah. in CV Street put more into their partner than 15 minutes a day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. Um, but the other thing is, it's an extra thing to think about, isn't it? Yeah. So you know, if you've true. got Valentine's Day coming up, or you've got their birthday coming up, or yeah. whatever it is. But you've also got a big exercise coming up. It's such an extra like fifteen percent of your brain power, your cognitive ability to think about fucking hell, what do I get out? What you know, this kind of thing, which is obviously detracts from being able to focus on the, the actual the task, at, task hand. at hand. There's there's that side of it, which obviously I think I think is right, and I don't think it's easier with a with a missus because I think it would be just again like an extra extra tax, extra thing to think about. But there's also the side of it where you're, um, you kind of, you've got that support system again a little bit where yeah. you can draw on, you can sort of, you've got someone to lean on essentially when you when you need it. But you, I was going to say, so if I was to play devil's advocate, I could say, well, the opposite, you know, shoes on the other foot, you could say, well, if you have a partner or someone that's supporting you externally, mm. then you could draw on their support. Yeah, but again, I don't think so. Like, they might be able to give really, really good support, but they have no idea what you're going through day to day. So you being able to lean on the lads is better. Cause yeah, because you, you're in they're the trenches in, together. They're so in it with you. They know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Because the stuff you, you, you know, the stuff you're going through to relate to a, someone who's not in that world, don't fucking have a clue. Well, it's not an office on. job, is it? No, they don't have a clue. Um, so the stresses and strains you're trying to put across to you know, a potential partner is um, is not is. Is probably not going to get through to them. And again, the opposite way around, all right? So it can't all be one dimensional in a relationship, right? I'm no relationship expert, believe me. But, um, <laughs> no, uh, believe him. <laughs> yeah, believe me. So um, it can't be all one way. So I can't all be, always be ringing the missus up saying, fucking hell, I'm hanging out. I'm, you know, I've got, I've worked 80 hours this week. Because they need a little bit of that from you. So they need to be able to ring you up and be like, fucking hell, so and so has kicked off at work or whatever. Because, because they do, because that's yeah. part of that's part of the relationship. But you can't have that because that's an extra thing. Again, you're on yeah. the, you're, you're you're about to have two hours sleep before you get up and have an inspection. That's what I'm. Last thing you need is there in your ear being like fucking hell. So and so works kicking off. Whatever. That's fuck. I'd be absolutely seething at that actually. If you, you if you all that's what I mean. If you're sleep deprived and you know you've got something absolutely stinking tomorrow, 
and your missus is bedding you up when you should be asleep, telling you about the fucking cat fight she's had at work. That's the reality though, isn't it? Like, that's trivial yeah. in it in comparison. But this is what I mean, so they don't understand that. Yeah, oh yeah, no, There's I know. no way they can re- yeah, relate. Because they're not there, so they don't know. They, that's why I think it's difficult. <laughs> you wouldn't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, you weren't there. there. Yeah, so that's why I think it's difficult, because um, it's just not, you can't align the two, the two worlds. And then equally, right, so uh, from, well, from what you've told me anyway, I understand that quite a big part of training is the actual social aspect of it as well, off camp, you know, so when you get chances to go on nights out and stuff. Yeah. If you've got a missus, I said, word this carefully, you're, gonna be, you're not going to be able to give 100% to those, <laughs> to those nights out, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you have to yeah. rein it in a bit like Yeah. It. Yeah, fair point. And that's going to be detrimental to you. To uh, your brand value. To your troop. brand value in a troop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it. Um, yeah, it's true. Very true. So again, like, like you said, biggest, a big part, not biggest part, big, big part of training is getting, big yeah. part of training is getting on the right, piss. Right, lads, we're fucking the 30 mile <laughs> off today. We're going to see how many of you can get round some broads. <laughs> You've got 30 minutes, all bar ones over there. Yeah, yeah. You've got a different kind of stamina today, lads. Yeah, um, a big part of training, the training process, is obviously building a, a bond with the troop, right? And so that happens obviously in the field and stuff, doing hard shit, but also happens when the your guards down a bit and you're out on the piss in Exeter, whatever. You you know you're chatting about things that aren't just work, and you sort of get breaking the walls down and getting to know people. So that's that environment where you you know you're going ashore, you call it, you know, going out and and uh, drinking. Like you say, if you've got a missus sometimes, I don't know, maybe maybe you wouldn't be inc- as encouraged to do that because there's obviously the extra motivation if you're single to go out when, yeah. and, and pull, whatever. So you'd be you'd be further uh, further away from that in that regard. And um, I guess the other thing is, is just being able to... If you're young as well and you're in that situation, the temptation's always going to be there, isn't it? Um, and if you're away for... So it can it can this is I'm gonna get fucking hate saying but yeah but if you're if you're away for like <laughs> this was inevitable yeah if you're away for like four, if you're away for like four or six weeks and you're you know you're not having regular contact with your missus at F- home, physical contact yeah physical contact or or or, or otherwise um, it's gonna be ever more tempting when you're out and you're Ine- sleep deprived inebriated and all this sort of stuff. Uh, which again isn't putting it's just, it's just stacking the deck against you isn't it in terms of yeah the, plus the, like say what you want about fucking doing doing the right thing and so obviously I get that but you know it's not always a perfect world is it and sometimes that happens and so and a lot of the lads probably aren't going to be the voice of reason are they oh no, exactly like yeah. in that environment they're primarily thinking how can I make this night entertaining for myself <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. not how are we going to keep him in a loving relationship yeah it's not Exactly at the top of their priorities. No, no, no. So no. again, you, you're fighting a losing battle, and you're um, and again, this isn't saying that you can't happen. You can't not go through go through with your with your missus, but you can't. But it's just, I think from my experience, it'd be more difficult. Yeah. Um, all of these things considered, and again, I didn't do it, so I could be very wrong in that in that regard. And I was 18 slash 19 when I went through, so maybe it's different if you're 26, 28, and you've got a missus of eight years or whatever. Yeah. That could be a factor, um, and if she really, really understands that over the next eight months we're going to be, you know, apart uh, for long periods of time, we're going to have minimal contact. Or if she really, really gets it, then maybe. But 
Uh, so you can only draw on your perspective of being kind of young and immature, effectively, can't you? Yeah, exactly. But you are, again, even if you're 26, 28, you're still surrounded by the young and immature, effectively. Yeah, so if anything, that's just going to rub off on you. Yeah, yeah. It's either going to rub off on you or it's going to alienate you and you're going to be like, fuck this, these are these, these aren't Yeah, because I'm sure there must be instances of like lads who go through training a bit older and they say if they are in a relationship, they're not going out on a weekend or whatever. Mm. Or like if you do get the opportunity to have a weekend off, you're going back to see your missus instead of spending more mm. time kind of building that camaraderie. It can become... that. That's where it can... It's the only initial... In instance where it can become a little bit clicky, um, right? In a troop, right? So the you know the younger single blokes will be together. They'll, they'll be best mates naturally, and then yeah. the older blokes maybe will be best mates because they're like safety they're in numbers. More, safety in numbers. They're a bit more aligned with where they are in currently in their life, yeah. and you know they've all. So all the lads who are my what the age I was, have all come out of college and gone straight in. So they've got that experience to draw on. All the lads who are twenty eight have left the job. There's a, come in, so yeah. it's a completely different dynamic. I guess it's a bit more on the line for them as well. Yeah. So in terms of what they want to take, seriously. they want to take it more seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's more difficult physically for them, so they've got that to relate to. Yeah. So all, all when you're like stuff. 18, you can fucking throw yourself at anything, can't you? Really? Yeah, you just, you just made back. a rubber. Yeah, exactly. Um, you just literally bounce back. So that's why it can be different for different circumstances. But again, I can only draw on what I've experienced, really. So if, if we move on a bit from training then, as a whole... Is being single encouraged or discouraged from superiors, so to speak? From superiors? Yeah. So is there kind of systemic things in place that kind of encourage you to either stay single or be in a relationship? I don't think either or, to be honest. There's no... no... I don't think there is. Um, no, I think, again, the just the nature of the job probably is, is what... Is the biggest is, determining is factor. Because, yeah. again, you're obviously away a lot, you're... It's just more difficult to to date. You need to go for a, like a, a a process of you know finding someone to take on a date. Go through the dating process. Be committed in the dating process. Then take then take them. It's just a lot to be a lot's got to go right. And so you haven't got to be, you've got to not be deployed for quite a, a significant amount of time. If you just met someone and two weeks later you're like yeah I'm going to Norway three months see you later. Um, yeah, they're the, probably not going to stick around, are they? Yeah, like, oh, I really like it, but my draft's up now. Yeah, uh, and I'm moving to Scotland next yeah, week yeah, for two come, years. Come with me. Yeah, um, yeah. So again, it's just difficult. So people do t- tend to stay single, or they might like you know get into a relationship, it crashes and burns, and then they're fucking single, and they're like, well, it's probably better off being single in this job, isn't it? And I've had that a few times. Lads are like, it's just, it's just easier to be to stay single in this job because there's not as many. Because um, well, there's not many things to think about. There's not many as many stresses, and I don't know whether this is completely anecdotal or there's any fact behind this, but it is completely anecdotal. But like the, the amount of sergeants who have multiple divorces is ridiculous, right? So they've been in for fifth. Be sergeant like twelve to sixteen years is when you get your sergeant. So they've yeah. they've been in for probably fifteen years on average. That's a long time serving them. Marines, that is. That's Long good, time that's a good innings, Marines, that is. Yeah, and your missus, and again, it doesn't have to everyone, but your missus has to be super supportive of what you're doing and pretty much has to be like a, a stay-at-home mom, effectively, you know? Yeah. Well, that- and you, you have to bring home the bacon and you have to be the sole breadwinner because you, cause you haven't got that share of, of, like, if you've got kids, when you're away, 
she's got to take the full burden yeah. of the kids, right? So, um, it, it just practically it's, it's more difficult. But again, like like I say, anecdotally, that there is a lot of sergeants in the military with with divorces behind them. I think there might be a reason for that. Yeah, that's a few too, few too many leaves. That is. Yeah, it's just a fact of life that you know. It's it's harder to be in a fucking committed relationship if you're constantly away. It's hard enough to be in a relationship anyway. Let alone when you've been fucking traversing the globe every yeah. every fucking being two weeks. Being pulled from pillar to post. Yeah. And again, like it's hard. So so in relationships, typically, you come back with your partner after a long, hard night. <laughs> long, throbbing <hard. laughs> <Long>, evening. <laughs> No, a long hard day at work. I was just ASMR porn now. Yeah, So you come back after like a, a long day at work, both of you, and you co- you'll come together and you'll bitch about work effectively, right? Mm. Um, again, the same as what I was saying in training. For them to relate that to what you're going through at work is a bit like, it's a completely different world. At least if they're in a civilian job, you're both a civilian job, you've got bosses you don't get on with or co- colleagues you don't get on with, you can kind of relate to each other's issues. Yeah, it's very hard for you to lean on someone who doesn't really get it effectively. You know. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, Debbie sent me a bitchy email today. How was your day? Oh, someone got shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's um, non-comparable. Yeah. In the extreme circumstances. In the, in the extremes, absolutely you're right. Um, and a lot of lads, again, anecdotes. Uh, so I was never there in Afghan and stuff. Just would choose not to tell. Whoever was back that, would, that would be hard. I mean, obviously, you don't have, you can't really talk, cover this properly because you never went to Afghan. Mm. But that must be hard. No, I mean, so like, yeah, so they're bottling it up effectively. Yeah. You know, if something mental happens, but you, but, you, you, you ring home and they go, "Yeah, how was today?" You're like, "Yeah, sound, no, nothing changed." Because, because you don't want to worry them on the other end no. of the phone. So you're like, "Oh yeah, my best mate just got a fucking shot. He's flying back to you know." Yeah, because if you're like back. two weeks into a six-month tour, and the first. The first phone call you have back to your missus, you've said that like your best mate's been blown up. Yeah. Your fucking head's gone. Right, how's she then gonna feel exactly. for the duration? She's already of your shitting talk? herself. Yeah, that you're she, gonna come back. So it's almost like fucking... a duty of care to not yeah, fucking yeah. not tell them. But it's it must be mega difficult because again you've not got that offloading of stress. Because it's a massive thing like we always talk about in society now is like mental health, talk about it with someone who understands. Yeah, That's the and then they're doing the antithesis of that. Exactly. That's why you go to a therapist and all that. And to be fair in the military, you are like insular wise, like you can speak within the troop about it, yeah. Um, and that's not frowned upon. That's that's really quite encouraged, which is good. And that's where that's where they hash, hash it out essentially. So while while we skirting around the issue, mm. what services are there available to to people that are seeking out kind of help with families and stuff? Because we know that like SAFA, so we covered this yeah. in the marathon episode. They offer support and services to families. Mm. What what do the Marines themselves actually offer? What do the Corps offer? So, do you have therapies? Um, I think they do. They have like so, family so planning unit or whatever. It they is. have like family stuff, and they have the, the RMA, so the Royal Marines Association, which is like another charity that um, that take care of of Marines families and Marines, and and they'll they'll point you in the right direction effectively, and and you know help you out with finances and stuff if you need to see someone. Honestly, most of the time, from what I've seen, is the Reverend. So. So like really? yeah, yeah yeah so like the um the military pr- priest or something fucking padre or the padre that's or is the that word, is that yeah. Catholicism no that's the that's the word yeah, the padre so the padre will be is someone who they're actually a mega their their rank they always say the rank doesn't mean like the rank's like com- like a chameleon 
Like if they're talking to a marine, they're a marine too. But if they're talking to like a oh, captain, man. they're a captain. Fuck if it. Talking, you know, What's that chess piece that can move anywhere on yeah, board? Exactly, yeah. It's like that. Like they're the, like a wizard. What is it? The, the king is I'm shit chess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we decided to draw on an example there <laughs> of a game that none of us can play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um so, so yeah, like 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 that chess piece that we can't think of. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> they can move all over the board, mate. So it's effectively like you can talk to them about anything and they they have that what's it called the um confidentiality thing where they don't tell anyone and they can they just, yeah, just you're, you're talking as, you're talking as equals basically yeah so you know if you're you, you i think they they are getting paid a lot more than you they're like a, i think equivalent to like a sergeant something like that. you wouldn't really very well sit sit with your troop sergeant and be 100% no. honest and you know say this is shit this is fucking annoying me uh, this is hurting yeah. me. but you could sit with the padre and do that that's uh, interesting he'll, he'll just be on your level about it that's interesting right because I imagine now as we get more secular as a society not many people are going to the padre with religious concerns so yeah. he, he is basically now a therapist yeah. even though his name suggests otherwise yeah yeah, yeah. and if, if, I don't know how qualified really he would be for that yeah, for do that have a specific role that, do you, do you, can you do your specialisation in being a padre no. or do you have to have I think you have to have been on the God Squad from day one, man. Right, so yeah, yeah, Street Patrol day one. Yeah, you have to be uh, all over it. I think you can't just you can't just go. Yeah, identify as a Padre. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you might, read, no, read the Bible, fuck off for three weeks, and come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, I think you do have to be uh, a legitimate God Squad member. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Politically correct term. Yeah, exactly. The uh, I, I mean, I mean, like qualifications in terms of therapy. Cause oh right, no, they, yeah, I'm, they I'm won't. Assuming they don't have that, I'm assuming it's just like lived experience. Like I've had thousands of these conversations, so I can probably deal with it, or even not even offering necessarily advice, just listening. Well, I'm going off on a tangent here, but I'm guessing right that if they have to have some kind of background previously in the church, mm. they probably might be a bit older. Yeah, yeah, normally. So they probably do have that that lived experience to draw on. Yeah, normally, and effectively, like I say, it's just something someone to listen to your yeah. ranting. Um, effectively, which is sometimes helpful, but yeah, the Padres the, the one I can think of, and like I say, RMA will give uh, families and, and individuals funding and stuff to, to help them out. So let's draw on another example. Let's another, another <laughs> just another, another anecdote from that. Like the uh, this is this is for, so Ben Wadham. If you follow him on Instagram, I don't know if you do. He's like ex Royal Marines PTI, good good bloke from all from all accounts from what I can tell. Um, so he, he was in Afghan and stuff he struggled a lot with PTSD mm. interviewing him about it saying what happens when you're so you, you kind of you go from being an Afghan and then you come back what's the kind of transition is there that, is there that two week R&R period they talk about he's like nah he's like we landed in Cyprus we all got packed into a hangar the RF the RF came in they gave a five minute presentation on PTSD and then they fucked off they chucked 200 crates of beer in and they just got pissed. They Fuck locked off. the doors. That was it. Locked the doors and then they were on the plane the next day. That's probably the worst thing you can do. How with terrible someone that, is that? Someone that's trying to kind of process what they've just Being experienced. For seven months. The worst thing you can do is just get pissed. Because you're just forgetting it all. Yeah. And then, well, then when you wake up, it's just compounded. It's just escapism, isn't it? Yeah, and then like, obviously the, it's a vicious cycle because then the more you do it, mm. the, like you said, the more you compound it. You're just kicking the can further down the well, road. Well, this is exactly what's happened. So all these lads now who were in the same time as, as Ben Wadden was 
are now coming out and saying I'm fucking really struggling because that their coping mechanism mechanism was, was non-existent. Well, it was drink, and they forgot probably that five minute presentation because it was followed by fucking <laughs> twelve hours of booze. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so that was just a little bit I had. But um, but it's terrible, you know. That it's probably better now, I guess. But who knows? Because there's not even a conflict going on yet. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about when you'll go away. Mm-hmm. That must be better single than in a relationship because that's just kind of an extreme version of training, effectively. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I guess it is, especially if you get to a place like Vegas and stuff. That everyone knows that's better fucking single, right? Yeah. Um, but it's just, I don't know, because it's the, the this is my two pence, but I I, I feel like. Go <laughs> skate carefully here. Yeah, like, like, why, don't throw anyone under the bus. Yeah, this is why. Uh, this is why there's lots of pauses in this episode. Yeah. So trying, to, trying to tune my words. Uh, anyway. Like a police interview. Yeah, don't want to incriminate anyone. Stop recording. Um, yeah, so I would say going away with your mates, right, is always better single. Yeah, this is, get, this I'll get on board with it. I'm getting, I'm getting The only time going away is better in a relationship is when you're with. The person in the relationship. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I think that transcends the military. I think that's, that's just, what that's just across, I'm talking about. Yeah. Across the board. That, so if you've that got a stag do, if you've gone whatever, it's always better single. Of course it is. Yeah. And so the same is true for when you go away with the core because it's effectively a massive stag do. Yeah. Um, and, then, yeah. <laughs> and then if you obviously are in a relationship, there's a massive conflict of interest there. Yeah. Because exactly. the whole emphasis of a stag do is to get basically as rowdy, as pissed as possible. Yeah and commit as much debauchery as possible and then if you're in a relationship and you go away without your missus you want the you want the opposite of that yeah like, you've got to hold back you're like that bloke he sent me a, sent me a TikTok this week and that, that sober <laughs> the, yeah, sober the, one of the, the, so, the sober guy in a stag yeah, do doing all the admin booking all the Ubers and that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff yeah. Um, you don't want to be that guy you'll, basically you'll be in the admin bod the clerk of the stag do yeah, um, no, no one wants to be that hat no so again if you're single when you go away it's obviously it can be better so um, well this comes back to what you were saying about it basically just being a headache for yourself a needless one yeah because again you've got to think about I've got to ring them I've got to whatever I've got to try and stay up in different time zones try and speak to them yeah it's like it is a bit of a nightmare um, and like you've still got to operate day to day in your job work, yeah but what so you don't also want then in the back of your mind thinking oh I haven't fucking you know, it's Thingy's birthday next week yeah like exactly I so I've, I've got a, I've got a good example of this I don't think I don't you mind me um, airing his laundry a little bit but um, you know the lad who who came up to see see me the, the other day so he, yeah, the guy yeah. who left and rejoined he was um, he was in my troop in our, our support group when we went to America for that eight week stint and his job in America wasn't too bad to be fair. He, you know, he probably could have had some real enjoyment there, but two weeks or a month beforehand, he'd met his missus and they got, um, became exclusive, whatever. He spent the entire trip th- threaders, just fuming that he was out there because he was like, oh, fuck it, I've just met, you know, yeah, love my life, whatever, and I can't fucking spend any time with her because of this shit job. And he's just becoming this negative spiral. He's telling yourself, you're talking yourself negatively and you're saying... You know, you put in the fault of the fact that you're not with your missus, which is where you want to be on the core, and then you're like fucking out. It perpetuates in your head. So you're going into it, everything with the wrong mindset, basically. Yeah, you? every day you're going into with the wrong mindset, and, and it resulted in him putting his notice in. So he put his notice in on that trip. I don't know if he would have done it anyway. He probably would have, but he put his notice in on that trip. And he's like, "Fuck this! You know, I'm going to go spend more time with with my missus, whatever." Um, and 
this is probably a coincidence, but he he was in. So we had that eight eight days or seven days that we had the ability to go and go to San Diego, Vegas, wherever we wanted in the states for seven days of debauchery. Let's say he chose to go somewhere else on his own with his cousin and meet his cousin in the middle of America somewhere. Again, like you say, I think he probably only did that because yeah. he was with his missus. Right. If he's single, there's no way he's doing that. No, exactly. So, he, exactly. So and he's, so he's, probably... he's probably been advised to do that by his <laughs> missus as well. Right, because we've all been there. Yeah. As in, you're on a night out, right, and your missus is texting you, asking what's going on. You know, basically yeah. the devil on your shoulder, like, oh, when are you coming back? You've got to keep on short white right, short white yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to keep constant comms. Yeah. Uh, devil on your shoulder. Yeah. Sowing the seeds of doubt, and it's like you can't be present. No, do you know and, what I mean? So all, that all the time as well. You're sort of thinking about getting back to the missus. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. So yeah. You're, not, you're not thinking about like you say, not being present, enjoying the weather, and and that is a micro example of a macro that we're talking about, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, so a macro being the full deployment of. America or Norway or wherever you are. Yeah, which just completely exacerbates that doubt in the back of your mind. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like the amount of time you spend on FaceTime or whatever. And it's not that you don't want to be doing that because obviously you want to be talking to your missus, your fucking missus. But at the same time, it's still like time out of your day. And if they were there, it'd be great, but they're not. So that's what. So, like, we're coming at this from the perspective of getting deep now. We're coming from that perspective of being single. Right, so if we were both in relationships and we did that... What, what do you mean, did what? So if we were both in that... You know, it's basically, we're saying this now because we've come out of relationships, so we've seen the other side of it, but like, well, that was a waste of time. Mm. If you were still in a relationship, would you not think, oh, that was a good investment? You know, because if I hadn't... The no, relationship I'm, not saying it wasn't, I'm not saying it was a waste of time. I'm saying... Mm, I, um, I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying it's it's something you've got to do, but it's it's not necessarily what you want to be doing in that like setting in that setting yeah. because you're it's on, not it's you're not in like, a, you're in like a box room on, on facetime yeah, no it, one wants to be doing that. it's not ideal no you, you'd right. rather have them there and be speaking to them in real life that's yeah what you, that's what i'm saying well, it's the worst of both worlds isn't it because you can't put 100 percent into the relationship because you're the side of the world mm. and you're only communicating through facetime you're like damage the insulation yeah, yeah. but then e- equally you can't make the most of the opportunity that you're in yeah because you've got this you're basically juggling a lot of plates, aren't you, effectively? You can't just throw yourself into this one thing and be like, right, I'm going to get the max out of it. Yeah. I want to make the most of it. Any free time we get, I'll go and see the local... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...local shit. Yeah. Well, this, this is it. You can't, you can't really, but... And it, that's kind of a... I guess it's a price you've got to pay if you're going to be in a long-term committed relationship. It is, I guess, some a necessary evil. Because after a certain point, if you're going to, if you're going to make a career out of the core... And spend twenty five years. Yeah, you're there's going to come a point where you're going to cross the threshold and be like, okay, now he's going to settle down. So yeah, you're going to have to make it work somehow. You're going to have to grapple with that conundrum at some point. Yeah, you? exactly. So it just depends. You can make a decision when to do that. Yeah. When do you grapple with it? Um, and maybe you have a few single deployments. Maybe you have a, and then you get a missus and whatever. And that's probably how most people go about it. And how most people do it. But I do see. Again, anecdotally, but I do see a lot of relationships not go well, effectively. So you you were in a relationship when you went to America and Norway, weren't you? No, America. Were you single? I was single. Um, Norway, I was in a relationship. 
how did they differ in any ways if if they did at all other than bagging off <laughs> uh, I still didn't massively enjoy being away in, in America in the actual work setting even when I was single I don't very, know why I think it was probably because uh, you had very limited exposure to females yeah yeah <laughs> but I think also because as we've spoken about I don't know when but another podcast my America experience wasn't great just because got- of my fucking troop sergeant my troop um, boss was a bit of a knobhead <laughs> in fact yeah in fact, funny enough we were talking about this today on the dr- yeah well on the drive just Snowden yesterday maybe well, yeah we, we weekend, felt, like, maybe. the other day we were talking about it weren't we you yeah. basically got the fucking shit end of the deal with America oh yeah fucking joke man. seen off just by a, a knobhead that you were assigned to basically yeah oh yeah oh yeah it was it was in the car um, yeah so <laughs> a lot of my chain of command I didn't get on with for, for various reasons and um that dampened my experience. It had I been with like Jay's troop, or whatever, yeah, it would have been mate's troop, would have been mortars who we were working with, it would have been really good because they got loads of freedom. They could go to main site, the main camp, which had loads of amenities. But it was it was all, it was even more jarring because you were basically doing the same thing, but you were just answerable to different people. Yeah, which so, the same so, job, isn't it? So they, you were doing the same thing, right? But you were getting thrashed for doing certain things. They do. The exact same thing yeah. and get rewarded for it. Well, this is the thing, right? <laughs> which is just bullshit if you take it like at face value. This is what happens in the core. So the, we've said this to my mates in the core so much. Like, if your lifetime in the core can be either the best thing in the world or the shittiest thing in the world, just dependent on who is above you in the hierarchy, it's mental. Like, if you've got a legend of a sergeant who's going to like keep all the hierarchy off your back and he's going to like take the lads as their as their kind of main priority and you get on with the corporal and you get on with Lance Corporal your time can be fucking mint you're fucking sorted for life yeah basically. you can be having a great time the opposite of that if you've got a job's worth for a sergeant and a couple of knobheads in co- uh, uh, corporals right which you get then it's fucking shit because they have so much control over your life like they, they where you are yeah. all the time what fizz you do what fucking what you when you eat all this kind of stuff they can absolutely dictate they can even take the weekend off you if they want to if it so pleases them they can do it well yeah. they're literally like moulding your destiny aren't they yeah exactly and so like the sergeant effectively is like top cover for you from the, the hierarchy so you imagine right. like the people above the above the sergeant a bit of a tangent here people above the sergeant are like raining down shit details like yeah cluster bombs yeah a little, little cluster, cluster bomb details yeah, down yeah, little on shit, it. shit detail and, it, <laughs> and it's the sergeant's job right to either go my lads aren't doing that because I like my lads and they're fucking hoofing right and you're gonna you're gonna bat it off into yeah. it. they're either, he's either gonna make it really efficient and say and make it like a way to do it and get it squared away in a different manner without seeing his lads off <laughs> or he'll give it to the shit bloke in the troop that happens too um or the other, other thing is you'll pass it on to another troop, it'll make sense. That's his kind of role in my eyes, right? Yeah. He's kind of the, the mediator between the lads and the hierarchy, so it's difficult. He's, a, he's a gatekeeper, isn't he? Because he's the lowest at the table in the hierarchy, though, so he's got to go to all the meetings and stuff and be the lowest, Yeah. but he's the highest at the table in the other in the other way around. So he's, he's got to deal with a, quite a difficult scenario. I found this out when we were working in hospitals, actually. I was speaking to him. Uh, to our sergeant and we were like what the fuck is this happening because he was, he, was, he, was, he was fuming as well <laughs> that he was doing the same thing um, but it's hard because you've got to keep both parties on side this is it it's a balancing act isn't it yeah, so you can't just completely fuck off the hierarchy because then your life will be shit from them <laughs> um, yeah so if we make a cricket analogy because I'm obsessed with cricket at the moment right. they bowl a ball in you just fucking hit it straight back yeah. as a, a six yeah. you know you've gone into the stand 
they'll be fuming. Yeah. You just chinned it off. I like that. You just fucking edge it, right? Let it go to the wicket keeper. Made no effort to really fucking swing yes. at it. Your fucking team are going to be seething because you've just lost a wicket. That's a great analogy. You know what I mean? Yeah, you've got to, you've got to fucking, you've got to just knock it. You know, for a sing- straight drive, string for a single run or something. Yeah, you know what I mean, or one or two runs, or a cheeky boundary. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you're a double agent in the batting, batting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but it's quite funny. I mean, again, our hierarchy in America to link it back, we're just not the way you'd want them to be especially in that environment because you want to again like you spent eight weeks in California desert there's so much shit that you could do and could see yeah um, and there isn't it wasn't happening for us but yeah so again my to blink back to your question my experience in America was probably dampened by that more than anything but we went to Vegas and San Diego which was hoofing <laughs> it was yeah. pretty good and we got on the piss every every night for about seven nights um, in various different places in America which was just mad I spent the best part of fucking three grand I'd saved up quote unquote over the last That's eight class. weeks um, in, in seven days living like an absolute idiot but I mean you've got to do these things yeah I really wish we could share that story that you told me but we uh, we can't so no, we'll just yeah. dangle that carrot for people <laughs> make of that yeah. what you will patron um, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the first patron episode the Vegas dit <laughs> yeah um, and then yeah Norway was like, like I was saying before like it was a lot of hours on FaceTime sat in a little box room you know, because I was, oh, we were again in a new relationship, so a little bit like Tom that I was on about the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Don't think I said his name before, but yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so we were like three months together, and I was due to be away for the next three months. So for like half of our time together at six months point would have been me away, which was shy, right? Um, and so because we were in a new relationship, obviously three months in is not that long. It's still all. very new, isn't it? And so I was, yeah, we were on FaceTime all the time. Uh, to be fair in Norway we didn't have many sends anyway um, it was hard in the Arctic Circle isn't it yeah Get exactly knocking it back with the reindeers <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean we did you, you do send it but you send it on camp and so it's just it's with the lads anyway so, so it doesn't matter more whether, sanitized. You, whether you're single or taken yeah, doesn't matter, yeah. unless you're scrambling the lads arsehole <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah or is it it's like that came from somewhere then but... <laughs> <laughs> no it didn't um <laughs> I feel like that's you projecting on me. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so again, I think it's that much different in Norway. But no, So you so you had three months and then you went to Norway three months mm. and then COVID happened, didn't it? Yeah. So then you went to living with her? Yeah. That's fucking... That's a, ro- that's a roller coaster of distance. No, pro- no, yeah. Yeah, no, no proximity. Distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of the reason though, wasn't it? Because we'd been away from each other for three months so it was either the choice of be away again for however long because the government was well, probably would that would have other. killed it I'll be honest in yeah, hindsight yeah, it, it would have died um, it? it died anyway uh, <laughs> 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 fucking turns out Boris is trying to do you a favour lad <laughs> he saw your plight from a mile off um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah so, well, so make it out what you will in an effort in an effort to um, to not be away from each other for a further fucking six months yeah, we moved in together uh, straight away as soon as we as soon as we got back. A bit of a baptism of fire for me because I'd never met the parents before. But yeah. yeah, and if you want to know what the relationship was like during COVID, then listen to our previous episode on COVID. Yeah. Because we, we don't need to cover old ground. Exactly. Uh, so let's cover some actual hard logistics for people. Okay. Right. Let's go. You've got a missus and maybe nippers. Can't, yeah. do, do they live on camp with you? Where do they live? So there's the in marriage the- patch. Right. So 
Tell Single living accommodation is what we had. So we had like effectively like uni halls, imagine like university halls. But, but worse or better? Better. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, as with class. Um, so that, that's like a quite a, a nice living arrangement. It's effectively normally what corporals get, but we had it at our unit because we were lucky. Most units will have like a four-man room. That's apparently really good as well. I never, I never got to experience that, but it's like four blokes in a room sharing a big, quite a, quite a big room and like. But that's just like a frat house. Yeah, it's it, fucking mad basically. But yeah, so that's that's one option. So you, if you're like a single bloke, you'll probably stay there. If you're if you're in a relationship but not married and not living together already, then you might be living in that situation but travelling back on the weekend to see your missus. That's what I was doing for the last right. year or so of my career. Travel, travel back every weekend. Put some miles on your car. It's not too bad though. Um, the other bit is if you're married, then you get a marriage patch, so you can basically get a house for like fucking, I don't know, hundred pound, two hundred pound a month or something. So that's like, just it's not on camp; it's just off camp. Normally, but, yeah. It's normally but it's just like off-camp. mo. But the mod own the property, or it's government owned. Yeah, yeah mod own the property, so it's heavily you, subsidised. Yeah, you literally pay like. Two hundred pound a month mortgage, which is mental, um, and I think you do own it at the end. I don't know, I'm not sure how that works, but effectively, yeah, your missus and kids have, could live in that um, that house. Problem being with that, of course, you move around in the core a lot, right? So you may be having to move your missus and kids from one marriage patch to another marriage patch. It's a bit of a nightmare. That's a bit you shit, know, because your kids are, maybe your kids are growing up and school age, so they get getting used to being with mates and then you're moving them to schools bit shit sometimes um, people choose not to be on the marriage patch for that exact reason because if you leave the unit your marriage patch will be not no longer yours not how, not your house so uh, they'll, they'll get a house near where the unit is so for us in Dorset lads would get houses in like Weymouth in you know yeah which is not a surrounding nice place area. to live to be fair yeah yeah lovely place to live so they'll get a house there and then if if they were to move units their family would just stay there and they would just commute right. back and forth which is fine so that's the other option you just get a house like anyone else does um, but you can get like a forces help to buy don't know whether that's done away with now it was it was in talks I think when I was leaving so it might be gone now but it was effectively a 10 grand um, I think interest free loan you would get that you so could bump you onto use, your deposit yeah you could use for your deposit which, which is cool that's right? pretty but was that, was that to, a government scheme? Yeah, but you had to like spend an extra seven or eight years to pay it off. Like you paid it off with service. Right, okay, so you don't pay with money. You no, pay you pay with I don't think hard so. labour. I think you do pay with money anyway, but you, you kind of long it out over the career it comes right, out of your okay. paychecks. Okay, so yeah, so just So the more paychecks you have, the cheaper it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you want to like leave after like two years of getting your help to buy, you have to pay like eight grand all out, you know, which is shit. So it ties you in a little bit. Um, but you know our you know our views on home ownership. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So well, I was just I was just thinking if it's government scheme, you know, given thirteen years of Tory austerity, I'd be amazed if that still stands. Oh, it's probably that, gone. That would have been one of the, the first to be called. Yeah, it's probably gone, especially with Johnny Mercer saying shit like he was last time. Yeah, last well, year food banks are a political choice, apparently. Yeah, make of that what you will. Quote Johnny Mercer, the Veterans Minister. But yeah, so effectively, you can have your own house by camp. You can live on camp by yourself, like like most people do. Or you can be off camp with your family, um, and I think now you don't have. So it's called a mar- marriage patch. So I don't think you have to be married anymore. It'd be a serious relationship. Okay, that's fine. But you can't just get lads fucking bunking in together. 
on the manager's no, back. No, turn it into the a other thing house. you do, do, the other thing you do get though is like lads renting in the local area or lads um, right. getting mortgages in the local area. Right, that's carnage. Mental, mate. Yeah. That is a frat house. Yeah, it is literally <laughs> a frat house. Uh, that's that's one thing. But it's not that common, to be fair. That, um, but yeah, I mean that's pretty much all the all the ways people live on and off camp. Sweet. So I don't actually have anything else to cover, really. Unless, cool. unless you have any more avenues you wish to pursue. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, you know, like I said, it probably, it, well, it definitely is possible to do training in the core with, with a missus in a relationship, but I didn't do that for a part of my career. I think training especially would be massively, massively difficult with, with a spouse because, again, mm. just an extra thing to think about. So I think... What we can gauge from this conversation we've had is that training, definitely, it is harder to do it in a relationship. Mm. But the rest of the time is circumstantial. It's a bit, yeah. more, it's a bit more nuanced, isn't it? It depends yeah. on the type of person you are, where you are. Type of relationship you're in. Uh, and what you want, effectively. Yeah, and again, how, how willing you're... And it's something I always say to... People always say... You know, people ask me, like... I don't know why I think I'm a relationship expert, but they always but, ask me, like... Um, you know how often will I see my fellow when he's joins the core, or you know, is it possible to stay together while he's in the core? I fucking don't know. But um, what I can tell you is that if you are upfront with how little time you're going to spend together, so that expectations aren't set and then go on going unmet, which is what often happens, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll be able to text you all, this, this, this. I'll see you all the time. False promises, yeah, yeah. And you won't be able to do that. And then she'd be like, well, I thought you could say this. I'm fucking, I'm leaving. Um, I'm leaving. But yeah, that happens. And then... Which like anything, isn't it? Honesty is the best policy. Yeah, you've got to just manage their expectations a little bit and say, probably I want to be away a lot throughout the year. You know, if they can't deal with them, that's not the right person to be with because you're in, you're in the military or you've got to leave the military. So depends um you've got to obviously make that call but yeah that that's pretty much all i had to had to cover well sweet but we're not done yet because we've still got two fear not two segments to square away yes so we'll do underrated overrated next it's either underrated you've charmed me or it's overrated well that was fucking dreadful yes underrated overrated do you want to go first yeah, I'll go first. Right, okay. so underrated, overrated, Formula One. Oh, yeah, okay, I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know how you feel about this. Yeah. And you know how I feel about this, but yeah. we need to air our views. Overrated. Massively for overrated. Sure. It's yeah. shit. It's not a sport. No. For a start. It's, a it's, ha- <laughs> it's ha- how much can you plough into a fucking engine, effectively. Yeah, it's more about it's a money the car pit. than it is yeah. the, the drive. The drive has to be fucking good as well, but I, I, just, I just can't get on board with it. I just... I, it's not entertaining for me to watch at all. It's just I can't ho- think of anything worse. It's just almost perverse how kind of hyper capitalist it is. Yeah. You need to think about so we're in a climate crisis. Yeah. It's probably the, the least environmentally friendly sport out there. Yeah, true. We're in a cost of living crisis, right? It's the most expensive sport. And it's the most there. expensive sport out there. Yeah. So you're not really got your finger on the cultural pulse there, have you? Not really. But the other thing is, it's just boring to watch have you watched it yeah. like mate they just go well, round in circles they right. round in the circle yeah yeah round in the circle mate. so I've had this conversation with F1 fans so I was in needle out of them what yeah. they actually like about F1 yeah. and it all and as much as they're in denial about it it all boils down to they're just waiting for a crash 
Yeah, that's bollocks though, because that's the same reason people watch ice hockey. Yeah. But ice hockey's better because it's an actual game. Right, if, if all you're watching that for is a crash, right, just YouTube f- compilations of F1 crashes. Yeah. Save yourself the three hours. That's the, the the fucking mental time it takes to actually complete these so long. Formula One They're Grand Prix. on in the background, aren't they? Yeah. I, I can't... People don't get to the pub and watch it, do they? That's going to be the fucking deadest session going, hasn't it? There's a reason for that. We'll do a shot every time they do a lap. Yeah, yeah sound. Be fucking plastered. Um, yeah, so again, just boring to watch. Like every other sport has got a little bit of a narrative going on. Yes. Like, Especially team sports. Because yeah. there's, then there's the interpersonal dynamic of the team. Yeah, true. You're watching a bloke in a car, not commu- well, he's communicating with his team in the pit, but he's not. Having a chat, is it? But you'd be like driving. Like if if you could like feel how fast they were going, yeah, it'd be great. But because you can just see it, it doesn't even look that fast because like everyone's going that fucking that quick. So it just looks yeah. like they're all going the same same pace. I think we're on something here. We need other people on the course moving <laughs> moving at much slower speeds <laughs> to as, accentuate how fast. Yeah, they're actually we need going. cyclists. Yeah, exactly. Because then we can like kill football, cyclists as well. Like in football, you have like you lean on Messi's, but you also have like Anthony Gordon's. So you know they're, they're, you know how good Lionel Messi is because Anthony Gordon's shit. Yeah. yeah, this is a good point. Yeah, because if you just had a team of Lionel Messi's, it would be shit because yeah, they'd exactly. all just cancel each other out. Yeah. Which is part of the reason with F one because now so much money's been pumped into it. It's such fine margins. There isn't yeah. really a good one and a shit one. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't. I it is like watching a team of Messi's, and no one wants to do that. You need a fucking shit house <laughs> to to make the actual. <laughs> Go to look good. Yeah, exactly. You need you need the contrast. Uh, yeah, so I can't get on board with F one. Overrated. It's massively, massively overrated, isn't it? Shit. Yeah, it's also very. You know, we don't like gatekeepers. It's a very elitist sport as well. Yeah. Because you come into it through karting, don't you? Mm. Which is expensive in itself. But then the older you get and the longer you stay in it, and the further you go up, the more you have to plow into. The more it. you have to plow into it, which you know, unless you get sponsorship, isn't attainable, is it? That's true. Yeah, so things like football, where it's just meritocracy talent, basically, yeah. um, or rugby or, or normal normal sports, are much more because they they draw from like the lower ranks in society, kind yeah. of, don't they? Well, a lot the, of footballers come from working class. Football is the ultimate meritocracy, really, in sport. In yeah, sporting yeah, terms. Yeah. Whereas it's like the same with like, well, maybe not. I guess cricket and rugby are a bit more upper echelon, aren't they? Yeah, well, the massive reports just come out the other week about lack of diversity in cricket. So mm. you can't really beat the cricket jump for doing its bit for... No, yeah. <laughs> cricket is, is upper class as fuck, to be fair. Uh, the most rugby players you see speak are, like, privately educated. Oh, yeah, massively. What the reason is for that? Is that just because it's more common in... I don't know why. Historically, it's just a... It was born out of a private school, rugby school. Oh, was it? Yeah. There you go. It's a history lesson for you. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so that's... Uh, I mean, I, I would say that's the main main difference like you said it's not accessible to anyone so again to like relate it back I can't go and play F1 on the park no but you could plough two grand into an F1 simulator like a hat yeah I could, I could like I could I could rag my car about but it's not gonna, not gonna really like <laughs> wrap it around the tree it's not gonna really get the same effect whereas I can go and have a kick around with you in, in the park yeah. and then again for like the contrast thing I can see 
how much worse I am <laughs> than Messi and get, and get loads of respect for Messi. Yeah, yeah. And, and when I watch Messi, I'm impressed. So if, whichever way you come at it, I just can't get behind F1. No, again, so we've, we've come at it in lots of different ways there, and it's still overrated. So, yeah, so if, yeah. You, if you've got a different opinion, let us know. Yeah, please do. Um, don't think I will shift my opinion, but you can give it your best crack if you yeah. want. And lots of, lots of people are into F1 as well. I feel like it's quite an uncommon opinion. Oh, I think it's a, it's a sheep thing. People yeah, just follow the trend. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Right, go on, hit me with yours. So, this is very on brand for us at the moment. Um, sober stints. Right. So, stints of time Yeah. when you just don't get on the piss for a Yeah, bit. not like full-blown sobriety. No, so like, yeah, so like interval. De- effectively like detox in- weekends. Effectively like intermittent fasting <laughs> with booze. Yeah. Right, so so like normally you just like autopilot, don't you? You're like, well, it's Friday, Saturday, I'm going out. Friday, Saturday, I'm going out. And if you do that enough, it just becomes a habit and you expect it then. You, you kind of, you look forward to the send on a Friday, the send on a Saturday, or you just have a beer whenever. Yeah. And you're not, you're not holding yourself accountable. A bit like when you're into some fasting and your 16 hour window of fasting is there, you don't eat because you've got something in place. Whereas if you just haven't got any, any structure in place, you just, you'll eat throughout the day and you'll do whatever. See, I used, I, I used to be before I started doing it. I was very against this. Yeah, exactly. So massively this is why I brought it up. Massively underrated. Yeah. Right. Good things come to those who wait. Yes. Right. So the, the sends that you do go on then become better. Yeah. True. A true of anything in life as well. Like because if you actually then have a reason to go out, you're going to enjoy it more. Whereas yeah. if you said if you're just going through the going through autopilot Motions, almost, yeah. and you're just drinking for the sake of it, what's the point? Yeah. Because you're not going to get anything out of it. And you've basically written the rest of your weekend off well, as well. Well, like anything as well, if you, the more you kind of do of it, the less you get from that same level of that thing, right? So if you're always on social media, yeah. you won't get the same dopamine hit if you, as if you take 10 hours off and then go on social media, you get fucking loads of dopamine. Same thing as if you take six weeks off the piss and then go out, it'll be fucking mint because you haven't been on it for six weeks. Whereas if you're on it, two nights a weekend every week it's a bit shit because you're like well I'm just doing yeah, what I always and do that, that works financially as well yeah, so true. if you take a bit of time off boozing your tolerance goes into the toilet <laughs> yeah. and then it costs you fuck all to get pissed yeah which is which fantastic. is great because yeah. then like you said you're getting more enjoyment out of it anyway and it's costing you less yeah brilliant that's the thing and also there's loads of stand, loads, loads of ways we can go with this but like from a health standpoint and a fitness standpoint. Oh, well, that goes without saying. It goes without saying. Uh, <laughs> Productivity. Like if, you're, if you're plowing in loads of loads of like toxins into your body effectively every week, probably not going to be great for your fitness goals. Productivity, massive. So if you're, we found this, definitely, from a, on a personal level. Like On a Saturday, if you get smashed, the Sunday's written off. It's a blur. Yeah. And you're sleep deprived for the first half. And even if you're not, the next so week. I'm pretty good on a hangover. We are both pretty good on a hangover. We can like get ourselves up have a ibuprofen or whatever and we feel good to go but even then if you're not like in pain and bedridden from hangover you're still operating at like 50% like oh cognitively even yeah. if you don't feel it you fucking you, you're ruined that's what I mean so so productivity wise and I get a lot of enjoyment out of being productive and knowing I've yeah. achieved something in a day so it fucks with that so if again if you're like so I'm not saying like 100% sobriety because I do think it has a place but Which balance like everything, isn't it? Don't be that guy that goes all in, and then he's like, ne- next thing you know, he's not fucking wanking, uh, and he walks around with tin foil on his head, uh, and he only eats red meat. Yeah, because he washes because, eggs. Yeah, because yeah. weed gives you cancer. Yeah, and he washes. Yeah, he washes his hair with eggs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make, make it up what you will. Certain individuals. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so again, I think massively underrated. Give it a go, kids. Um, yeah, so sober stints. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Give it a, give it a crack. It's one weekend at a time. What are we done now? What are we three? No, nah, like keeping count. Two. <laughs> two. Yeah. two. Yeah, two weekends. Yeah, well, mad. Um, but again, we'll have a reason next time we go on the piss. We've just done our seminar, so. Exactly. Get your tickets if you haven't already. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, final segment then. Reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Big one. This is a big it's one. Co- it, National pride. It's a. It's come home. <laughs> yeah. So to speak. Yeah. For the youth, anyway. For the youth and the women. Now we just need the main G's to fucking do it. it it's ironic that that like it, you know, three lines was originally written about the men's team, mm. uh, and in that time since the women have brought it home, <laughs> and the under twenty ones have brought <laughs> it home, we're actually still waiting on the men's senior team to do it this year, mate. I'll tell you next year. Yeah. Next year. But anyway, if you don't know what we're on about, so. Uh, the under twenty ones England team won the European Championship. Yeah, in possibly the worst final I've ever watched. But yeah, yeah it's annoying, no, it right? Because they fucking bad. finessed the entire tournament, right? They didn't concede a goal. Yeah, just like, played proper football. Basically, played the other teams off the park. And then the one game that we actually watched that was televised, the final was an absolute stinker on it. It was. They stunk the gaff out. Shit with that. game on it. So they scored. Their goal was a deflection off a fucking free kick. Yeah, and then. Um, it, nothing else happened for like 90 minutes until Spain got the fucking the most ridiculous right. yeah. penalty shout ever this bloke basically got didn't even no contact happened right but he stayed classic, down he stayed down for like bar, 6 minutes doing it's best to fucking ruin football again Is it like, if you look hard enough you'll find something yeah and so it's just like if you watch it frame by frame you will find some contact yeah but it's, it's a contact a fucking, sport it's a contact sport you have that happens outside the box He's getting yellow carded for fucking diving. Yeah, exactly. I always think if it's a foul inside the box, it should you should be able to take it outside the box and it should be a foul. Yeah. But that's never the case. No, it's it always isn't. like special is, special treatment. Which is why the penalty rules at the moment are so perverted. Anyway. Yeah. So we'll we'll allow that because, because the fucking the penalty was saved and we still won. Yeah. James <laughs> Trafford saved the penalty and he saved the fucking a rebound and then the Spanish player skied it. Yeah. In like the ninety eighth minute or whatever. Then the ref blows up. Uh, yeah. Happy days. Yeah. So, so we fucked the Spanish off. So there's another country that we're better than that, <laughs> as well as yeah. Australia when we win the Ashes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just stacking them up really. Um, but yeah. So England winning is it Euros? Euros. Right? Yeah, it was the European Championship. Yeah. The and then we got the Women's World Cup this summer coming as well. And the men's Euros. No, not no. We got the Men's Rugby World Cup. No, Men's Euros next week, next year, isn't it? Yes, yeah. I think so. That's fine. Yeah, so tournaments coming thick and fast. Because he said summer, because it's summer now. Um, yeah, I, I was alright. I came in like next month. <laughs> yeah, Roger. Uh, cool. Yeah, so that's us. Um, relationships and family in the in the Marines and the Corps and the military. I guess. Yeah, we covered that as comprehensively as possible. But then again, we're two kind of jaded single men, so you know, you yeah, kind of you make know, of that what you will. <laughs> make of that what you will. Uh, and, and the perspectives that come with that. Time. Yeah, because it might have been different. Uh, six weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Might uh, have been different when I had a heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So that's us lifting the lid special over. Normal, normal play will resume next week with below the bar. Uh, <laughs> Turn this into cr- cricket, going. Yeah, I'm a fucking lovely mate. 
don't know what we're going to uh, cover yet, but it will undoubtedly involve casting aspersions and giving unsolicited advice. So That's what we do best. Just so, stay tuned for that. Yeah, effectively. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening.